You still call me Superman. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, listen, they're going to cover a whole nine minutes. All right. Nine minutes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All three of the songs? Yeah. Who else is <laughs> going to be there? I don't know. The, the other one, some other girl just pulled out, Jennifer something. They still got yep. the runner-up on The Voice. Or, I mean, America's Got Talent. The Mormon. That's, that's a good person to have, though. The runner-up? Right, yeah, it's very oh, yeah. apropos. The person who got the second most votes playing. Yeah. <laughs> nice. The Mormon Choir Tabernacle. Tab- <laughs> They're playing. Uh, There's a lot of lot of choirs and, and marching bands and shit like that. But you know, all the dress shops are r- ran out of dresses, right? You heard I that? I did, I heard that. Right. Yeah. Then they called the dress shops and they're like, no, we have plenty of dresses. <laughs> dress sales are at an all-time low. Supposedly, there are going to be a lot more people on the mall on Saturday than there will on Friday. What's happening Saturday? Saturday is the um, Women's March. Oh. My mom's going to that. My boss is going to it. My 73-year-old mother. Nice. I agree. That's pretty dope. She's like, I haven't protested since the 60s. I'm going. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, the, num- the list of performers is interesting. Jackie Ivanko. I have no idea who that is. That's the oh, runner-up. She pulled out. No, that's yeah, the she- runner-up on uh, oh, okay. AGT. Yeah, she, okay. she's I, an opera-style singer, I believe. Yeah. Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Rockettes. Three Doors Down. Toby Keith and Lee Greenwood. <laughs> the, the Piano Guys. Yes. Uh, DJ Ravidrums. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that is. but <laughs> The Talladega College Tornado Marching Band and the Front Men of Country have all been confirmed. Wow. It's a monster a, lineup. Yeah. A number of artists who were approached to perform at the inauguration refused. Those included Celine Dion, Charlotte Church, Elton John, Moby, and Rebecca... Fr- Rebecca Ferguson, back up. They asked Elton John. Right. That yeah, was, that's what I got. That like, Hail Mary. I had already zoned out at that point because I was like, they asked Moby? First of all, why? And are you kidding? I believe at least 50% of them replied, we'll do it if you show your tax returns. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm surprised, though. No Kid Rock and no Ted Nugent. Yeah. They're... We here in dumb fuckistan wanted to know why you're not playing. <laughs> I wonder why not. Yeah, I, I mean, don't. I, c- I can't imagine why not. I had heard that even they were like, "This is getting out of hand." Like, we're no. like, we're gonna catch so much shit for this. No, the nuge, the nuge would never <laughs> think that. <laughs> but that, well, listen, he's still got a family to feed and shit like that. But why? But then, why not ask them in the first place? Like, doesn't make any sense. Those two guys supported them hardcore. Yeah, but I, I think they're too lowbrow for him. Honestly. Do you think anybody yeah, I think, yeah. who in Trump's cabinet or sup- any of the higher ups in there know who fucking Three Doors Down is? They've heard of them and they think they're pop. So they're safe. From 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You look them up in Wikipedia and they're safe. You look up Ted Nugent. He, he No, he's not safe. So he's, he's, like, he's like the wall. It's good to talk about during the, uh, the primaries and shit during the election. But once you get voted in, no. No, no. We are four ordinary Americans who happen to be atheists, talking about current topics and religious nonsense. Welcome to the Profane Argument. Hello 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 37th episode of the Profane Argument Podcast. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. And once again, we are streaming live to YouTube. We start recording around 9 p.m. Tuesdays Eastern Time. If you'd like to listen to the show live, you can then uh, follow us on Twitter and send us a message there at ProfaneArg. Also, wanted to do something that is good for the podcast. Uh, we are now on Google Play. Uh, so they list podcasts under music for some reason, but if you go to play.google.com slash music and do a search for Profane Argument or just atheist or atheism, uh, you will see that we are in the podcast list. So if you're doing a search on uh, Google Play, you might find us. So there you go. On the, on the front page, even. Yeah. Wow. Mm. But if they were already Tearing listening... it up on Android devices. <laughs> why would they look What there? was that, Jared? <laughs> if they were already listening. <laughs> well, this is true, but you could find it there, and then anyway. If you decide to switch your streaming service, we're going to be right. there, too. If you want to direct a friend to it, they'll be able to find it easily. Yeah, if you're like, yeah. listen... I heard this great show on iTunes. I only go Google Play, buddy. And he's like, well, listen, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, this week, I wanted to start out with a couple comments from our listeners. Uh, well, maybe not comments so much as some news articles that we were linked to. First off, there was an article uh, that is from... Uh, what is it? It is a study on racism and sexism uh, concerning the Trump campaign. A paper by political scientists Brian Schaffner, Matthew McWilliams, and, wow, I'm going to mess this up, uh, Tatisha? Tatisha and Teta? Sure. Hopefully I didn't screw that up too bad. But they put out a paper uh, regarding the election of Trump, and basically the, the summary is that while a lot of the Republicans want to claim that economic dissatisfaction was the key factor in Trump getting elected, uh, their paper takes on a lot of statistics from polls and shows that racism and sexism actually had more to do with it than economic dissatisfaction. It was definitely a factor, but uh, I found it interesting because it wasn't like, how do you determine if racism was a factor in the election? And apparently they did it through the polls. The polls asked, do you, what, how do you think racism affects America? Like, do you think that racism is a problem in America? And basically, if people acknowledged racism, they were less likely to vote for Trump. And people who denied racism in America were more likely to vote for Trump. So <laughs> these are the type of people who say that Barack Obama was the most racially divisive president ever. For, exactly. For remaining black the whole eight years. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for pointing out that uh, the you know, black America has a is had a raw deal for years. That is divisive. So it, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting read. I'll put uh, put the article on the web page for this week. I feel like. That was a conclusion we had already come to. <laughs> right. I feel like no one should be surprised by that. They were wearing T-shirts that mm. said, I would rather have a president that grabs pussy than has a pussy. Yeah. Like, no stunning me whatsoever at this point. <laughs> but it's good to have a statistical probability backing us up now. That's fake actual... news. <laughs> <laughs> don't I don't like it. It's fake news. <laughs> Uh, the funny thing about that is they actually in the uh, in this article they referenced that the data some of the data that they gleaned 
the data points that they reference had Hillary Clinton up by three points, mm. which is actually pretty close to her 2.1 million victory in the popular vote. So the data that actually suggests that the data that they got is fairly accurate. And it also is that it also matches the polling data roughly. Um, I mean, the right. polling data was not based on um, the Electoral College. It was based on popular vote. So it all kind of ties together. It's just the Electoral College screwed her over and screwed us over. <laughs> screwed everyone over. Yeah. Well, a lot of things screwed us over, but that was definitely part of it. Mm. The second thing that uh, that was brought up by one of our listeners was a report by Ian Bremmer. If you don't know who he is, he is a political scientist. And he is the president of the Eurasia Group, which I believe is like a, a political think tank. I'm not really too familiar with them. But um, they came out with a top 10 risks to the world in 2017. Can you guess what number one is? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't say Donald Trump. It doesn't. So I'll run through them real quick. If anybody has any comments, feel free to, to shout them out. Uh, number 10 is uh, struggling within South Africa. There's uh, President Zuma is having issues trying to get a successor. There's there's a whole bunch of political stuff there. Number nine is North Korea. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Turkey uh, and the crackdown going on there. Basically, President Erdogan is, well, trying to put a lot of Sharia law in place and strike out a lot of his uh, opponents and arrest them and it's all a bad situation for especially for a secular democracy <laughs> number seven is the white house versus silicon valley which i thought was a very interesting thing uh, yeah it's i've been hearing a lot the, about that that's i think that's going to i think that's going to turn to be uh, i mean since i live in the technical world a very negative thing basically a lot of techs in silicon valley are for freedom and privacy for their customers and the you know data on the internet and meanwhile trump is always on security and control and by the appointments he's putting in place, I don't think Silicon Valley is, uh, well, I think there's going to be a lot of fighting over that. I thought he wanted people to hand paper memos to him now, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and go back to courier services. Yeah. Because yeah. no computer is safe. No computer is safe. We live in the age of computer. <laughs> well, how old is his? Uh, how old is his kid now? Ten, ten. The, the young one, ten. Yeah, he he was saying how his kid could. His kid is a computer whiz and can get anywhere and could do anything. I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't have any idea what? Uh, so sad. But then again, Hillary wasn't a tech genius either. So no, but it is still sad that your mother knows more about computers than our president. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm sure she knows how to spell better too. Yeah, she does. Uh, number six on the list, politics interfering with central banks. This is something that really makes me a little nervous as well. After recovering from 2008, the fact that, what does he have, six Goldman Sachs appointees? Something like that, yeah. In his cabinet? <laughs> yeah, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Buy real estate. <laughs> Saving all my money and putting it in my mattress. <laughs> Every dime I make. Uh, number five, technology disrupting Middle East. That one is was completely unexpected to me, but basically Middle East lose more legitimacy because of uh, technological, if I can talk, <laughs> changes in their world. I, I don't know. That, I did not expect that to be even on a list. Mm. Hmm. Um, a pause in economic progress is number four. Basically the same, same kind of deal of, uh, you know, a, a complete stagnant economy worldwide. Um, a power vacuum in Europe, basically citing Greece's finances, Brexit, the fact that Angela Merkel is uh, has lost some of her power 
because of people not liking her, I think mostly immigration policy. Yeah, that's a big part of it, yeah. Number two is China overreacting, and you might, well, China overreacting to what? Uh, to number one, which is the unpredictable America. Uh, so they're listed number one, unpredictable America, the fact that Trump is going to be president, and none of our allies knows what's going to happen. Well, I, and, and China, I think, also sees a superpower vacuum opening up, because Trump is um, pulling back from the, the world stage a lot. You know, pay your own bills, take care of yourself, we don't need NATO, all that nonsense. It's all about, you know, taking care of America first, which makes Europe weaker, which makes Russia more dangerous and China more dangerous, because they'll fill that vacuum in a heartbeat. So I'm trying to remember, what's the uh, what's the group of people who uh, put out the the end of the world, the, the you know, the, mid the clock when it goes to midnight? Oh. Um, I can't Minutes remember what it's called. The seconds to midnight thing? Yeah, and they, they just upped it this last year and put us like three minutes to midnight, meaning three minutes to, you know, nuclear Doomsday. war and the end no. of the world. Mm. Can't wait to see what this year looks like. <laughs> Listen, things will stabilize in a year and a half when Mike Pence takes over. Uh. <laughs> I'm calling it. Yeah. He ain't going to last. Then, a, he'll go a year and then he'll be out. Agreed. He'll yeah, resign to glorious trumpets, no pun intended. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> at that point, is the damage not already done? Uh, a well, lot of damage will be done. I mean, the Supreme Court is lost. They all the laws of the land have been repealed, and then Mike Pence oozes in, and that's <sighs> two and a half year minimum nightmare for every woman I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, let me put it this way: it, it, I feel Pence would be nothing we haven't dealt with before. It'll be shitty. It'll suck. We'll it'll set us back a little bit, but we'll be here. All right, and hopeful, and hopefully within. You know, when two years, when the next midterm election comes up, the Democrats will get their asses to the voting polls and vote in some Democrats into the Congress and House of Representatives. That way we can push back. It seems unlikely, but that would be nice. <laughs> it, well, I, it's it's one of those before. things. Yeah. yeah. And you you kind of hope that Trump goes too far quickly so that it, the backlash is huge. I mean, if he just eases into it and nudges people, they they won't get mad enough. He already... <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, he already <laughs> insulted a civil rights leader on Martin oh. Luther King Day. <laughs> oh, Unbelievable. <laughs> that was amazing. He's off to a glorious start. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the more Trump things going on, uh, there was big news today that all the news outlets were talking about. President Obama came out with, what was it, 207 commutations? Yes. Mm -hmm. And 63 pardons. Yep. Uh, mostly drug offenders. However, the one that everyone's talking about is commuting the sentence of Chelsea Manning. Yeah. I love, absolutely love his farewell clemency tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious what, what, uh, what people's opinions are on this. There's a whole lot of argument on CNN about the fact that, uh, well, let me g give you the one, the w one guy who was ex chairperson of oh, i'm not going to remember but he was uh some committee uh oversight committee on security in the government in any case he was repeatedly saying that he disagreed with obama's and i don't think this guy is too political but he completely disagreed with obama commuting the sentence he said that uh what manning did deserved every day of the 35 years that he was sentenced to well if that was the case then Petraeus would also be in jail. 
Yeah, sure. but Petraeus was a general. Therefore, he had money and influence. Yeah, so he should spend more time in jail. I mean, honestly, Manning was um, a, a private and had access to information that she, she's not the most stable individual. And I'm not saying that because she's transgendered. I'm saying that because she's not the most stable individual. <laughs> That's just a part of her. She should not have been in a position to have access to those documents if they were that secret. P- P- well, Petraeus but, had but, access. I mean, so Go who's ahead. to blame for that? The guy with the person who put him in charge or her in charge or or is she to blame? In, in either case, it was, you know, she pled guilty. She apologized. She understood that what she did was wrong. She did seven years in jail. I don't think 35 was appropriate. Oh, I agree what, with you. Yeah. Should she spend time in jail? Yes, she did something wrong, and she was in a position of trust that she should not have been in. So she and one she's thing to point May, out right? was what's that? She's getting out in May, right? In yeah. May, correct. Right. The one thing that I was going to point out is the sentence was commuted. Mm-hmm. She was not pardoned. There's a there's a difference there because when you're pardoned, it basically it strikes the the guilt. It strikes your record. Commuting just means okay. We're going to take some time off of what right. you need to serve. Yeah. So she's still guilty. She's still dishonorably discharged. That is going to affect her the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. So uh, 35 years to me seems excessive. <laughs> and that's from someone who's ex-military. I have a vague recollection of the UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice. I have an idea of the oaths that you know she took. Mm. So that being said, I was fine with the, the the guilty sentence, but 35 years. I mean, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a lifetime. Yeah. Well, and, I so. mean, even if say her sentence was eight years and she was getting out normally, say in May, you know, she'd still be she's screwed either way. Like her life is going to be a horrible mess, even if even if she got pardoned. She, she has notoriety, so she will find a niche doing something and and be okay because she has she's you know she's famous at this point. Yep. Yeah, she, but she, I mean a lot of weird, these but. conservatives like or like want blood. Yeah, this is true. Oh, absolutely. But I, I think uh, I think Karen's right. In in not too long, she will she could potentially just semi coast the rest of her life on yeah. her on her fame. Well, then how is it any different whether she's pardoned or the sentence is commuted? Uh, no, I agree. I don't think there's a difference. Oh, you I don't think, think there's any difference? Okay. I mean, there is a difference. Well, technically, the, yeah, I mean, you could say. As far I mean, as the impact on her life, I don't think there is a difference. I think I think that either one would have served her just as well. Yeah. Oh, I but thought I, Ray had said differently that the fact that the sentence I, was commuted. Yeah, I, I did. And I mean, having a dishonorable discharge, the, the, it does limit you. It limits you in what kind of uh, job you can get. It limits, I mean, you can never purchase a firearm legally. You There's a lot of different things that you, 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 you're, you're a second class in, citizen at that point. Seriously? In several you ways. You can't get a firearm? No. Huh. If you're dishonorably dis- discharged, no. Well, not legally. I mean, well, I don't know about every state. That might not be true in every state, but I'm, I think it is. Well, not even thinking about that. She has a, felon, a federal felony conviction. Yeah. So just that, you can't buy a firearm. Yeah, but isn't Trump going to change all that? I thought it was guns, free guns for everybody, and you can take them across <laughs> borders and take them to schools and sporting events. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, well, that, that'll be the question. Well, can, can Chelsea Manning have a gun then? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking the answer will be uh, no. Well, she also tried to kill herself twice, so. In the past year, yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, that probably not a good idea anyway. <laughs> probably not, uh, no. Notable person who didn't get a pardon or anything, poor Ed Snowden. 
name was not <laughs> well, even well, mentioned. I was going to say they addressed that when they uh, were just discussing commuting uh, her sentence. They said, "Listen, she admitted what she did. She went. She she went. She she was on trial. She went through due process. That's how our system works. We can't just commute Edward Snowden's nothing. He's right, on the run. Right. He is he is a fugitive. There is yeah, nothing, nothing to, to commute." commute. And to his credit, he tweeted out to Obama. He said, you should – don't worry about me. You should let Chelsea go. Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. No, I saw that uh, – what's her sidekick's name? That weird albino who's wanted for sex crimes? Assange? Yes. <laughs> um, didn't did, – did he follow through with that? Didn't he come out and say if you if you commute uh, her sentence? He uh, said pardon. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, did he say, what, what did he say? He said if you pardon Chelsea Manning, uh, then I'll – Turn my, I, I will allow myself to be extradited to the United States. Really? Wow, I did not he expect did. that from him. But uh, I think, Karen, I think yeah. Karen said, there's a loophole. <laughs> there's, there's a loophole. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> well, at least, listen, it was still something to say. When I've been hating Julian Assange more and more every day. Yeah. I, nope, love I still how, like him. I love how when all the intelligence agencies come out and say, this happened. Russia did this. And then Julian Assange goes on Sean Hattie and says, eh, anybody could have done it. Everyone's like, well, Julian Assange said it. Must be true. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it always a fat guy 400 pounds in New Jersey? I don't understand. (laughs) No, now it's 10-year-olds living in Trump Tower. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We just don't know, Carrot. Well, Well, Julian knows. That's true, he does. So the next thing on the list to talk about, we're getting back into uh, Trump land. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been a whole lot of news, of course, about the appointments because they are... Getting, uh, they're getting reviewed by all the senator, all the, the hearings in the last, what, week, week and a half? And there's an article that I'm going to post from the Washington Post that's uh, written by James Homan. I always think I'm mispronouncing people's names. But in any case, basically, it's a rundown of how the GOP is... Apparently, this is a, a fairly unique thing, that they're they're putting all of these reviews together. And then the, the, he calls it uh, running the spread to to just ram through the cabinet nominees. So it's it's the idea that if you do them all at once, the media won't be able to cover them all, and you won't be able to focus. If any of them say something stupid, you won't be able to focus on them for very long. Too much news all the all at the same oh, time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. That sounds so. So they can't focus on anybody. So the, nothing. It, nothing will seem major, and they can just push everyone through. And it's a it's a very interesting article about the the tactics being used to get all the nominees through. And I knew Absolutely. about this, and my question was, how does this shit happen, though? What's that? Like for it, like Mitch McConnell. I mean, like he's aware that there's fucking videotape <sighs> out there too, right? And articles and the internet holds every piece of information, and we can always go back and look at it. When Obama had his cabinet up for the hearings, he was like, we need to hold off. We have to make sure that they have their background checks, the FBI checks, and all this shit like that. And now, when it's Trump's guys, he's like, we got to ram them through five a day, get it all done as quickly as possible to do this, whatever, this media mess up thing. Sure. How does nobody go, isn't there a fucking law or something that you cannot go to a hearing unless your background check is done or something? It seems like there's everything I know about the government is just thrown out the fucking window. This past month. 
Yeah. yeah, it turns out a lot of the government procedures are based on tradition and common sense. That's what I'm learning. Yeah. Which you can just ignore, apparently. Yeah, and if you can exploit it, and if you can be a hypocrite, knock yourself out. Who cares? Just deny it. Well, it's like conflict of interest for Trump himself. He's got enormous conflicts of interest, except that the, the rules of conflict of interest, the specific rules of conflict of interest, don't apply to the president. So he's just ignoring all of it. It's it's just traditional that um, the president is a moral human being and follows the same rules as everybody else. <laughs> but it does don't we have – wasn't this, this the whole basis of our government checks and balances and like – so I don't understand how – I guess what Ray said, like a lot of it's just like, well, we just did it. There was nothing written down or anything like that. So they're just like, fuck it. Well, it's all very hand-wavy. I mean the thing about you know uh, Merrick and the Supreme Court, the, the Constitution has something in it, but it's like – it's not specific. It's you know you'll do this and you'll do this. It doesn't say how soon or you must and you, could President Trump actually appoint him without the consent of the Congress since they declined to consent? I don't know. Well, Obama couldn't, could. so I guess Trump can't either, right? I, I think – I don't know if Obama can't. Well, listen. I hope that the Democrats I'll, – I'll stay with a fucking hung jury fucking Supreme Court for four years yeah. <laughs> just to be an asshole because a lot <laughs> – I hear a lot of people saying, well, you can't play the same tactics as them. No. Do the same tactic. Just don't yeah. confirm anybody. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, the numbers are against us for two years. So if somebody, we, you know, well, can't they just abstain <laughs> from voting or looking at it like like the Republicans did? I think the Republicans have enough numbers to over to um, oh. outnumber them. I don't think they need the Democrats. Oh well, okay. Can't well, they we're... filibuster yeah. indefinitely? There's no filibuster anymore, right? Didn't they get rid of? <laughs> no, they didn't get rid of the filibuster, but they are cha- they're, they're getting rid of the uh, Obamacare and bypassing the filibuster rules by making it a budget question. From what I understand, so their findings and scheming ways so they can't be filibustered. Well, how are they making it a budget <sighs> issue? Because I heard that the what is it, the governmental um, budget office, congressional budget office, mm-hmm. they changed a rule so that on the changes that they're making with Obamacare, don't have to go through the budget office to confirm or deny their numbers like they say that we're going to do this to obamacare and it's going to save us money oh and by the way you cannot fact check that budget office so they made it so that any of the changes they make to obamacare doesn't go through the budget office and it doesn't go in front of the whole senate for approval so it can't be filibustered yeah it it is a string of dirty tactics it's amazing i'm glad to be an american (laughs) (laughs) where at least i know i'm not free Yeah. That sounds like law breaking shit to me, but I guess it's all it's just it's I guess politics is all about finding loopholes and how to exploit them to get what you want. Well it's I find it interesting that the Republicans do it a lot. Democrats do it some, not nearly as much. Well, they better start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when they go low, we go high. Except no. that we keep losing. When they go low, Karen, we will go so fucking low we'll be in hell. <laughs> they won't even know what's hit them. <laughs> It's the way it's it's you if you can't play the game by the rules that are set then you're going to lose. <laughs> and we lost. Yeah. Well that's where I hope uh, organizations like Southern Poverty Law and ACLU will come in. We'll just beat them back in court. Every time they do this shit, you, you just you sue them and you beat them back and you repeal it. I would like to think that, but then like I hear shit about like the ethics committee being like, okay, Mr. Trump, you know, that's unethical and this is wrong, <laughs> this is a conflict <laughs> of interest. And then senators are like you're in trouble, ethics guy. You come in here for a meeting because I'm probably going to fire you. I don't like what you're saying. It's un-American. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jason Chaffetz, by the way, our favorite uh, Planned Parenthood defunder. 
who did that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, this is later on, but we'll just skip to it now in our list. Um, so there is an article that I'm going to post about, uh, from the Washington Post about, uh, what's the guy's name? He is going to lose his name, but he, anyway, he's the office of, office of government ethics. He, chairperson? Is that what his role is? In any case, this, this guy you're talking about, Walter Schaub. Yes. Who said, he came out and said, look, Mr. Trump, you can't you can't do all this. Here are things that are problematic. We need to get review on your people. Your people haven't been submitting papers. Like he came out and, and basically he came out as like a, a bureaucrat. He came out and said, look, we need to, to go through all this stuff so that we can get your people in. And yeah, Chaffetz came out and said, well, that's nice. Um, how about we review your job now? Yeah. <laughs> and see if uh, see what your funding looks like. And uh, Reince Priebus came out and basically did the, yeah, you better watch yourself. Like, he came out and, and, and made a public statement and basically threatened the guy, his job, in a, you know, New Jersey kind of fashion <laughs> of, you better watch your step, mister. <laughs> We're going to take your money away. Wow. It's completely amazing that this is that this is happening. Yeah, and people, and like, just, God damn it, CNN, just <laughs> own it, please, if you can. Stop with the even-handed shit. If if the guys are not going to answer your questions and call you fake news to everybody else on your own network, then mm. just fucking own it and and just put up fucking numbers and shit. Do something for God's sake. Stop putting Kellyanne Conway on and, and whoever yeah. else. Yeah. Well, Trump's there was something wandering around on, the, on CNN about um, they're changing the press corps in the White House. Right. They're taking away their room. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, so they basically said, hey, all you press people who uh, have a room in the White House, yeah, that's going away. You're going to have to go somewhere else. Um, and then Pence came out and said, yeah, we decided that that room wasn't big enough, so we're going to put them elsewhere. And I think elsewhere means, like, out in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Trump team may, moon, may move press briefing room out of the White House. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I so, <laughs> the... Uh, oh, it'll be in the Trump the hotel just down the street. <laughs> in the Trump Hotel that is uh, now being sued by six different contractors, yeah. contractors for uh, lack of payment in excess of five million dollars. Yeah, that one. Because <laughs> he had all the renovations done and then isn't going to pay anybody. Yeah, just just like he's done before. Uh, so on to uh, the the confirmation hearings. The Tillerson, Rex Tillerson. <laughs> I th there wasn't a whole. Uh, maybe I missed. Well, I did miss it. I did not watch the whole thing. I only saw a bit. But the part that got me was he was asked specifically about Saudi Arabia and labeling Saudi Arabia a human rights violator. And basically, his answer, my summary of his answer was, "Look, I do a lot of business with them. They got a lot of money." I can get a lot of that money if I don't say anything. I'm not willing to say anything. That's honest. I'll give him that. Well, that's my take on it. What he what he actually said was, well, when you designate someone or label someone, that's the most effective way to uh, impede progress uh, economically. So I think that fits what I said. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it also it, it makes it. We, we, by not saying anything and by not labeling them human rights violators, we're, we're saying that it's okay to be human rights violators. It's such bullshit. I mean, for Christ's sake, they don't let the women drive. 
It's outrageous. They got money, that, though. That's a, that, and that is a very minor thing that is on their laws. But that's, it is. It is. That's a minor thing. But it kind of encapsulates the way they treat half of their population. Sure. That is true. They, they are very oppressive of women. I, I consider a little higher the cutting off of, of limbs and heads uh, for minor things like thought crime. That, that sure. to me, <laughs> is a little higher on the list. But uh, if we were to, yeah, any progress would be nice in Saudi. Yeah, but, no, uh, I, I think the number of things and the, the oppression of the populace in that country is so vast. We could come up with a dozen things and it... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. It's a, it's a completely dry. You can't drink there. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you're in the royal family. Right. But anyway, did anything else come out of the Tillerson Yeah, no, I, I was telling you earlier about Marco Rubio laying into oh, him yeah. about Putin. And, uh, oh, right, right. He just kept asking him over and over again, "Are you? Do you, would you consider him a war criminal? And Tillerson's like, I don't have enough information to say anything on that subject. And Marco Rubio's <laughs> like, well, here, I have tons of information to show you. <laughs> and read <laughs> off all these things. Now will you say it? And he's like, nope, I just don't think so. I just, you know, I'll have to investigate. And I don't know if it was that question or another question that had to do with money and oil that he they were like, are you just refusing to answer or you don't know? And he was like, ah, a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, I do find his somewhat uh, just truthful aspect <laughs> entertaining, if nothing else. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that Lindsey Graham and McCain also were on his ass about Russia, but I kind of missed those parts or they did weren't very exciting. I'm sure they were, though. Yeah, they are yeah. not big fans of Putin. No. Uh, but Tillerson was just the, the tip of the iceberg. Sessions. Uh, Jeff Sessions. Jefferson Bogart is... Sessions? Oh. <laughs> this guy. I swear. Now, it's bad enough. I'm just going to start with this. If you go to ProfaneArgument.com on the homepage, there is a link, the big link. It's big and red. You can click on it, and it'll take you to a webpage, a secular webpage, where you can fill out your name and send a letter to you. It pulls up who your senators are, and you can send a letter to your senators telling them, please vote against Sessions. I did that. I got a letter back from our representative that said, no, I like Sessions. I'm going to vote him in. I don't care what you think. I'm like, yeah, great, thanks. I Jimmy? read yeah. somewhere that the best way to get your people to listen to you is to actually call the office. Emails, sure. letters that they just go right by. Hmm. But it's there. Uh, it'll take you to the, the – I forget which webpage it is, but it's a secular webpage. And you can get all the information on contacting your representatives there. I mean, yeah, I, I'm willing to do it again and, you know, make the phone call. But uh, with the understanding that I don't think it's going to make a difference, they are rolling at high speed now. They're not stopping. I agree, but we got to we got to do something. Sure. <laughs> and it is the Secular Coalition for America webpage. Um, so why so much against Jeff Sessions? <laughs> First off, <laughs> his uh, his lack of statements against his previous statements. I mean, he's made statements about the, the Ku Klux Klan. Mm -hmm. He that he he's completely okay with them. He has. I mean, just his record on civil rights is just horrendous. Um, and then recently, if I can find it again, he was asked about people participating, secular people participating in government, and he said, "If you don't believe in a higher being, maybe you don't believe there is any truth." <laughs> so he's basically saying, as as Attorney General. He's saying that anyone who is secular is kind of a second-class citizen in his in his mind. 
He's a good Southern Christian boy. It's not surprising. Yeah. Hey, Steve Harvey so, feels the same way, and he's going to be working on HUD. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that just astounded me. I thought that that was a uh, complete joke that Trump met with Steve Harvey. Yeah, and yet it happened. Yeah. Yet in just, Trump's mind, he was like, who can I get to do housing and urban development? And he went, any black guy? Yeah. <laughs> I still think this was a, a, the situation where Steve Harvey was like, I would like to talk to Ben Carson Trump's like, oh, this looks like an opportunity. Oh, Steve Harvey's going to be working on this. And Steve Harvey's like, yeah, I'll help if I can. I don't think he's actually going to be, you know, doing anything. I hope well, not. I, I would ask yeah. what qualifications he had, but I realize that's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, crazy? <laughs> he himself could say, I have no qualifications whatsoever, and Trump would still appoint him. A hundred percent. His qualification is, is he's rich and famous. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's part of the club. Yeah. Begrudgingly, because he is a black man, but he is part of the club. <laughs> well, we, we kind of like rich black men, you know, when they can yeah. help us. Sure. Well, they they think that they can use them to bridge the gap to that percentage of the population mm-hmm. that votes. Yeah. You know, or when you get a guy like Ben Carson who will not answer a question, will he not do any conflict of interest with the Trump family? I want that kind of black guy working on the housing thing. You know, <laughs> when I'm a real estate mogul and the president yeah. of the United mm-hmm. States. Speaking of not answering questions, <laughs> I heard that you uh, you did see Betsy DeVos, 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 all right, Betsy DeVos is uh, hearing a little bit. Some. I watched the beginning. I didn't actually get to the hearing part. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. Whenever there was a Republican asking her a question, Republican was like, do you think you would be good at this job? And her answer was, I think I would be great at this job. Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> And whenever a Democrat was like, um, hey, I can't remember his name. Who did the uh, the the Defense of Women Act? Um, Casey. Senator mm-hmm. Casey. Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. When he uh, when he said, hey, I did this uh, Defense of Women, Violence Against Women Act. Do you think you could uh, say today that you could support this? Her answer in any of these harder questions was, I appreciate that question. I look forward to working with you. And she said this multiple times to multiple questions. I look it, forward to working with you in the you know in the future on this issue. Out of curiosity, what does that question have to do with education? Uh, it was specifically about the uh, incidents of sexual assault on campuses. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, a lot of that law um, actually has to do with sexual assault on campuses, and it's not just women. Actually, it's any sexual assault on campuses. True. So it basically was like, as Secretary of Education, are you willing to to back this thing that is against sexual assault? Well, I'm looking forward to working with you. Yeah, that seems like such an easy question to be like, yes. Well, how is that? Yeah, how is that bad against the Republicans if she said yes to that? There must be something in in it that they don't like. Probably funding. I don't know. It was a law put through during Obama's administration. Oh, oh, so Blackie McBlackenstein did it. Yeah. (laughs) So we can't have. Yeah, I get it. But it also could be, and I I don't want to just derail you off the uh, the hearings. But did you hear the story about the guy in the government? I don't know. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my computer just like went totally black for a second. Nope. I don't know what position he is in the government, but he was fighting with this woman at a hearing or something like that, and and he's like, I love living in this day and age of uh, no political correctness. I can do and say whatever I want. And as she turned around, he grabbed her ass or grabbed her by her pussy. Yeah. Uh, Well, he got fired or something like that. But like, is it a situation like that where like 
I don't want to say anything about that because I know how rich Republican white assholes like to assault women. So, and I come from that type of area. I don't even know. No, no. you just think it's just because Obama had a stink on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. I can't even right now at this point in time. She Well, and one of the things she said was, I, I'm approaching this as a mother, so I really want to take this very seriously, and I look forward to working with you on this. Well, the other but reason... she still wouldn't answer. The other hmm. reason I asked that about her, say, and I know you're probably saying that's ridiculous. She's She would be okay with men manhandling women like that, <laughs> is I met somebody over the weekend. I'm not going to say any names or who this person was or anything like that, but they made a shit ton of money. Way more than I'll ever make in my lifetime. <laughs> they were female, and they loved Trump and voted for Trump and just was going on and on and on about what a great man he was and how she would sleep with him if she could. And this isn't like a gold-digging woman. This is like a woman who makes like upwards to three, dollars $400,000 a year. And she was like, I just like – women like that swagger. They like that confidence in a man. And I'm like – and I'm like – and I said to her, I'm like, even with the pussy grabbing and all that shit? And she's like, oh, I think he's really going to do great stuff for women. I really do. And I'm like, what on earth would have you believe that? <laughs> and she was like, well – and see, I'm thinking in her head because she was – again, she was telling me how weak Obama was and how he was a weak president and he he hurt America and everything like that. She, and and I said to her, I'm like, okay, you want to sleep with Trump? I'm like, if he didn't have the money, would you still sleep with him? And she's like, oh no, I would never sleep with any man who made less money than me. And I'm like, so, <laughs> but if he made more, you're okay sleeping with that orange sack of shit. And she's like, yes. Yeah. So in their mind, in that weird world that we don't understand, like apparently some women, I'm not saying all of them who are Republican and voted for Trump and conservative like that and have a lot of money, <laughs> they're okay with that kind of behavior. It's what rich powerful men do it's what they they can't help it on rich powerful women this does, the, the the pussy grabbing doesn't happen to the rich pa- rich powerful women it happens to the people he can get away with it right so it doesn't it but, doesn't impact them but they also defended it yeah well it's it's a it's a you know money equals power thing and right no i got the, yeah I, but i'm saying like they they seem to be okay with that kind of behavior because because it doesn't impact them personally, right? It but, impacts well, people. I'm saying, that, I don't think anybody's going to grab Betsy DeVos's crotch anytime no. soon. But if somebody that she's <laughs> friends with, who's a billionaire, happens to do it to a waitress that goes by, she's not going to jump to the waitress's defense. No, no, right? Because they live in a different yeah. world than we do. We live yeah. in a world of respect and honor, and, you know, <laughs> and sympathy and caring, Decency. and they live in this cold, heartless, fucking, <laughs> money-driven world. That's the only reason I asked that question about Betsy DeVos and in uh, regards to the question that was asked to her. Right. Oh, you know, so I'm the how and why guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the last thing I wanted to talk about on her uh, her hearing, her review, whatever they call it, Bernie Sanders asked some questions. And that was the best part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he asked a question. He was like, here's what I have on education. We've all heard it about the, you know government funded higher education he asked the he asked three different questions and when she responded with i look forward to working with you he said so you're saying no <laughs> and she she was like well blah 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 and he interrupted her and it's like all right so you said no so let me ask you the next question <laughs> and at the end of it his one of his questions was if you weren't a from a billionaire family, do you think you would be sitting here today? 
And she said, oh, yes, I think that I've done a lot. I think I've, I, yeah, I think I could definitely would still be here today. And he was basically, I think at that point he was just like, all right, this woman is insane, <laughs> lost her grip on reality. I'm out of questions. <laughs> that seems akin to what sacrifices have you made? I've made plenty of sacrifices. I've built lots of hotels and golf <laughs> courses and stuff like that. I've worked really hard. <laughs> hired lots of people. Yeah, hired lots of people. I've made a lot of sacrifices. <laughs> Yeah, it, it comes back to the same thing. It's a complete break with the reality of the rest of the United States. These people live in a different world. You got to understand something. When nobody ever says no to you, mm. ever, your whole fucking life, it's you cannot wrap your head around it. Yeah. I, and, I honestly believe she believes she'd be there. She oh, is yeah. a great person in her mind. She's done great things. She's better than you and me and everybody else. Absolutely. And there's also with Trump especially, he has – I'm, I'm beginning to think he has serious uh, daddy didn't love me issues. Oh, my God. When he was asked about who his heroes are and his answers was himself and his dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Himself. Yeah. But his dad basically you know, wasn't there. Just like he wasn't there for a couple of his kids. <laughs> We're looking at you, Tiffany. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor Tiffany. Well, uh... even Baron. Baron's going to be in New York in Trump Tower with mom. While dad's in, living in D.C. It's probably safer for him. <laughs> well, probably. No, I didn't mean yeah. physically. I meant mentally. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> He's honing all his hacking skills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, just in case anybody is wondering why uh, secular people are against her for secretary of education, mm -hmm. she was quoted as saying, our desire, and this is a quote after the nomination. Our desire is to confront the culture of education in ways that will continue to advance God's kingdom. Yeah, God, I'm out. God's kingdom. <laughs> God's kingdom. That's code word, isn't it? I don't know. I don't For know what? what you're referring to. Well, isn't God's kingdom? That's the whole, you know, um, bringing on of the end times. If you, you know, secure God's kingdom, there's, there's something. I'll look it up. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and her husband has said that uh, as we look at many communities in our country, the church has been displaced by the public school as a center for activity. It is certainly our hope that more and more churches will get more and more active and engaged in education. Yeah. So they are looking to completely privatize as much education as possible, uh, take the money from education and throw it into charter schools that lift the restriction on charter schools so that those charter schools can then become basically churches. Sure. Yeah, specifically, the, the, the they were looking for pre-K um, yeah. Christian education. Get them early while they're still malleable. Oh, I know. Well, we we had discussed this privately over, over New Year's, again, because mm -hmm. I live in the sticks now mm -hmm. instead of near civilization like I did when I lived near you guys. If I want my son to go to preschool, my options are church or no preschool. Ugh. Yeah, that that's what I had to do when I was a kid, and it uh, sucked. Yeah, <laughs> so so it really has just been me, you know, interview after interview of which one of these churches is the least aggressive with their religion. <laughs> do you oh, remember a few weeks ago when you asked us the question about which religion we wanted to be true? Yeah. And we had that discussion. I think I decided I wanted to change my answer to Christianity. <laughs> oh. Only for the fact that if it is – if remember, when I pick it, it's true, right? It happens. Everything's true. Right. That all these rich fucks don't go to heaven, right? <laughs> <laughs> Betsy DeVos, Donald Trump, Tillerson, they all don't go. 
That's true. And even <laughs> though I will go to hell and I'll probably be there with them, I feel I have a sense of satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting take. From the Religion News Service, I found this interesting. The National Council of Churches and uh, a few other Christian organizations have released statements expressing grave concerns with the president-elect. Uh, including a letter that said, We urge President-elect Donald Trump, who has said he shares our f Christian faith, to take seriously his responsibility to bring our nation together, heed the oath that he will take to preserve, protect, and defend America. And specifically, it also uh, cites uh, his campaign promise to repeal the Affordable Care Act, and basically saying that they are deeply troubled by Jeff Sessions, Stephen Bannon, and Michael Flynn. Those people were specifically named in the National Council of Churches letter to Donald Trump, saying that they are very concerned with what he's doing. So it's not just atheists who are against Trump. There are some <laughs> actual good moral Christians going, oh, crap. But where, where the fuck were they when Pussygate happened? Yeah. yeah. Like, that didn't clue them in? But So I was curious when, about the Affordable Care Act part. They want it gone or they want to keep it? Oh, this is basically, I don't, it doesn't say they want to keep it, but they are concerned that the repeal would cause people to be without health care, without uh, being able to cover the cost of health care, and that they, they, there's a reference to Jesus healing the sick and helping the, the poor and et cetera, et cetera. They're basically like followers of, of the New Testament going, hey, you remember that book you said you read? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about you You follow it a little bit? Yeah. So good Christians. People you know, who actually second follow Corinthians. the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. So I found that interesting, and uh, especially since they they sent this letter during the, the week of the nominations, uh, the reviews, and at least, you know, it, it kind of does throw it out there that there are, there are people out there who are good-hearted who are religious as well. <laughs> Definitely oh, living in the upside down if I'm siding with them on this. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't stop them. So what's the fucking point? <laughs> so another thing, uh, another person who is fighting against this pretty much every step of the way, Cory Booker. I, I had to mention him. I'm done with he, Cory Booker. Uh, <laughs> he came out. He is the first senator to testify against another senator. In a hearing. Yeah. And good for him. But he also took a lot of money from somebody. Yeah, he... <laughs> Listen. Sorry. I was on board for him with what he did yeah. with Sessions. That was great. Yeah. And then two days later, he voted against the bill that Bernie Sanders put into effect for getting cheaper drugs from Canada. Pharmaceutical. Be yeah. yeah, because Big Pharma donates about $300,000 to his campaign. So, Cory Booker, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> See where you well, lie. I still like I still like a lot of what he does. I did not hear about that previously, so I'm kind of curious where that is coming from. I, yeah, I definitely don't agree with that. Oh, I'll find it. But, like it uh, if you want. <laughs> yeah, he had a bit of a misstep. Yeah, sure. Um, but I did I did find his uh, testifying against Sessions to be to be well done, well put together. He may uh, not is be. Is Vox a reliable website to link to you? Um, I don't know. We'll take a look. I'm trying to find uh, Huffington Post. <laughs> sure. I know it's kind of skewed. Yeah, it is. But So we already covered uh, the defunding of Planned Parenthood stuff. There's another group that um, I had never heard of before. They're called 314 Action. They picked that name because 314 is the first three digits of the number pi. It is a group of scientists 
they're basically drafting scientists to run for office. They're trying to get more scientific mindset into politics. So they're encouraging people with a scientific background to be able to run for local, uh, state offices. So I found this interesting. I haven't done a whole lot of looking at them yet, but it sounds like a very interesting movement. It sounds to me like they've been listening to this podcast and they heard me talk about the reason party that I wanted to start. (laughs) And they're just biting my idea, so I better head up this fucking scientist thing. (laughs) Yeah, you better get on this. They better call me. (laughs) We need more of your ideas. Uh, One of the quotes says, what we're finding is there's a feeling among scientists that they've got to do something now. Uh, A little little late, in my opinion, but uh, (laughs) now is better than never, I guess. So, uh, yeah. Have to, I'll have to do a little bit more looking at that, but I thought it was a very interesting uh, movement group. On a, on a side note, back to the Cory Booker thing. Just yeah. so you know, Ted Cruz voted for this, and Cory Booker voted against it. Wow. Okay? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> well, so th- it's not weird when Big Pharma donates $300,000 to your campaign. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, well, that's, that still strikes me as being weird for him, but... Oh, he made he claimed that it was an FDA thing. He's like, oh, I'm all for this, but we have to make sure there's a FDA thing in it, you know, blah, blah. It was such bullshit. You think Bernie Sanders would put something out there that would hurt people? No. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he blew it, man. Booker blew it because they wow. were they were bringing him in as the next Obama for 2020. And people have just turned on him. They're like, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. What, what? What? How? How? Why on earth would he do that? How? He's. There is a press. They he has to know people would find out about it. Well, that what they're saying is is that I read is that for a long time Bernie Sanders has been doing stuff like this for a long time, mm. but nobody really knew or cared about what he was doing. Now that he ran for president, and he had all those followers. Every move he makes in the Senate, they report on. So, oh sure, it might have gone undetected before. That's how Booker okay. got fucked in this one. Hmm. Why I keep saying you need to get money out of politics, or he, Cory Booker probably would have voted for this. But they're like, sorry, Corey, we're going to not give well, you the, money. But he, that, that does mean he's corruptible, though. Well, it means he's he's a slave to the donors. Yeah. And that could be a problem. Even Obama had that problem. Yeah. Yeah, Bernie yeah, Sanders. I'm not, I'm not writing him off just yet, but that is a depressing uh, turn of events. Well, it's for me, I'm okay, maybe I'm, I shouldn't say Cory Booker's an asshole. He probably, I mean, I, I believe he did run into a burning building and save people in Newark one time. That, yeah. that makes you a good person. <laughs> But in the day and age now where a man like Bernie Sanders can run for president and not get a, a dime of any corporate money and still raise more or just as much money as Hillary Clinton, you don't need to do that. So find a different way, Corey, please. And yeah, be mean, the man we all hope you can be. Right. I mean, yeah, Bernie Sanders lives a, a, a modest lifestyle on a government salary and pension. He takes money from nobody. If he could do it, you can too. You can be the good person. Right. Yeah. So, I, so I guess I'm more disappointed than I am. Writing him off. Yeah. You swayed sure. me, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> he can bounce back. All right. That is all that I really think that uh, I have as far as stuff on Trump and the nominations, unless somebody has something else. <laughs> uh, did we miss anybody? Did you see Elizabeth Warren lay into uh, Ben Carson? I, no. I did not. Oh. Into Ben Carson? No. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the whole thing where he, I, I brought it up earlier before, but she said, can you guarantee me? In no uncertain terms, that you will not do anything. You will not let the Trump family benefit one dollar from the fact that you are in charge of HUD and that they're a real estate family. And he could not answer that question. Wow. He, he just kept saying, 
and he re- worded this really badly because he said, I will not do anything to benefit any American. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really bad to say, but he was saying like, I will not do anything that will help, you know, anybody. And she's like, okay, I understand that, but can you specifically tell me that you will not do it for the Trump family or the president elect's family? And he just kept repeating, I promise I will not do it for anybody. And she's like, I'm going to ask you one more time, asshole. <laughs> can you please say that you will not do it for the Trump family? And he couldn't answer that question. Wow. So guess what he's going to be doing? <laughs> so, so Trump will be building low-income housing now i no i'm just sure there'll be some law or something they'll get around i i'm positive that he's just gonna loot this country he's Mm. gonna mine it for everything true story yeah leave it in shambles and if 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 something is not done about him we are going to be dealing with trump's and the likes of these people for a long long time until they start fucking with our food and in which case we'll have a finally have a revolt (laughs) Another Jared prediction. <laughs> I, I like this one. I can, yeah, I can get behind this one. And I'm beginning to trust your predictions, so. <laughs> Especially your craziest ones, because, yeah, predicted Trump. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the craziest one came true. Yeah. Ridiculous. So the next piece of news that I have is out of, what is it, uh, Rhode Island? No, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Governor Charlie Baker uh, will have a bill to sign into law that will end an effort by neuropaths, I'm sorry, naturopaths, to obtain legitimacy. There is a bill that is going to be on his desk to basically allow oversight and protection of and establish licensing for naturopaths, naturopathic doctors in Massachusetts. What is a naturopath? This is somebody who will attempt to cure cancer with herbs and vitamins. Oh. It is a belief that you can cure anything with uh, things that are just found in nature. Now, everything is found in nature um, <laughs> in, in one way or another. True. However, these people are against you know, manufactured pharmaceuticals. They are all about the herbs and the vitamins and the natural healing process. Is there a religious aspect to it, or is it just hippies? Not that I can find. Um, not specifically. Okay. It's more of a, like, it's more leaning toward a paganism kind of thing than it is Christian. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's right up there with crystal healing. I mean, there's some things, obviously, there are some herbs and vitamins that can have positive effects. Sure. But this takes it to a dangerous, a dangerous uh, level in my mind. But I don't know if uh, Governor Baker is going to sign it. I don't know how he is leaning on this whatsoever. But uh, it is a bill that is coming up in Massachusetts to begin licensing uh, doctors, these naturopathic doctors. Well, what does licensing mean? I mean, if it, if it has oversight attached to it, and it requires them to work with, you know, modern medicine as well. I mean, if they're like any other alternate medicine, if it provides people with personal comfort and a palliative effect, and if as long as it's working in concert with modern medicine, whatever, that's fine. It, it could have a little bit, a tiny bit of benefit. But if, if you're trying to make it so that it is an alternative to modern medicine, then we have a problem. I agree. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I am not sure. I don't know because I, mean, I don't know how you can license somebody in something that can't be proven. Sure. Well, I mean, are like acupuncturists licensed? 
chiropractors are licensed, aren't they? Chiropractors are licensed. Yeah. Uh, I drove by a building here in, I want to say, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, that said that they were a licensed Reiki practitioner. (laughs) But that's... Doesn't exist. <laughs> licensed by who? What does that even <laughs> mean? <No> licensed, dude. <laughs> that means some other Reiki some... practitioner said, "Okay, you're good. You can go yes, now." And yes, so I, I think that ta-da. licensing by your by your by your friend and licensing by the government kind of different. Right. I Again, I don't know. I don't know if this is this an attempt to legitimize naturopathy or is this an attempt to you know, create some amount of oversight so not just anybody can set up shop and be like, I'm a naturopathy. It is absolutely an attempt to legitimize it. Oh, that sounds bad. I thought Roth- it was B. What a jip. I hate this guy now. I'm angry suddenly. <laughs> it so sounds so Amy- fake, too. It sounds like what I would make <laughs> yeah. up if a cop asked me and I was trying to get He's like, you're a doctor of what? I'd be like, naturopathy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Amy Rothenberg is the president of the Massachusetts Society of Naturopathic Doctors. It's quite a title. But yeah, she says we'll be able to offer quality naturopathic medicine to the citizens of Massachusetts. Um, She is all for getting this law passed. Uh, Apparently 50, there are 50 practitioners in the state currently, and she expects more to set up shop if licensing is offered. Oh, that's just bad. Yeah, but it's probably cheaper than going to a regular doctor. So when Obamacare goes away, you'll hmm. people at least have options. And that is something else that I am adamantly opposed to. The completely loose use of the term doctor. Like, you can just slap that on anything yeah. now. You motherfuckers. Yeah. People had to go to school for eight years and then do a residency and then get licensed and then they're a doctor. And you went to... A year and a half of chiropractic school and you get to call yourself a doctor? Fuck you. That is inappropriate. My friend who's a chiropractor insists that everybody call him Dr. Dennis. Uh, I don't like this person. Dennis is a jerk. (laughs) Well, he is a jerk for other reasons, but that's just... But uh, but I, I think he became a chiropractor just so people would call him Doc. Because he also wanted to open a bar called Doc's. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's... That's... No. Unless you hold a PhD in something or are a licensed medical professional, you, you should not be allowed to use that term. And if you it have is a, misleading. It is misleading. And if you have a doctorate in meteorology, you should not force people to call you doc. I'm okay with that, though. <laughs> well, it has a connotation, especially if like, you're on an airplane. Everybody's calling you doc. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the arguments that is put forward uh, by... Uh, what did I call her? Rothenberg. She said that if patients are getting better and they're taking less prescription medications and having fewer side effects, I don't see a downside. Yeah, except that that's not that's not what happens though. They don't. A f- ha- Sorry. Yeah, a former naturopath who left the profession, who now apparently writes a blog lambasting it. I do again. This name, Britt Marie Hermes. That's a name. That's an interesting name. Uh, she says that uh, licensing provides the public with a sense of legitimacy, and patients are being duped into believing naturopaths are trained just like doctors, and they are not. So it leads right into what Ian was saying. Well, yeah, it falls under you know homeopathy and chiropractic and all the other, well, Reiki, all those things that pretend that they are doing something, they should all be put into the same bucket of 
do this as a secondary thing, not as the primary thing. Yeah, but do we really have sympathy for dipshits who go to these people? <laughs> I mean, just, I, I feel like it's thinning out the herd. Well, but there's also the desperate. But if you're going to somebody like that and they're licensed by the government, mm. you're less to blame then. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. That's that's my real problem. Another quote that I wanted uh, to bring up is uh, a quote that was on a, a doctor's blog that says, Naturopathic students are not trained in medical standards of care, let alone reality. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Yeah. Scary, scary stuff. I mean, to, to see a license on a wall, government-based license. Uh, yeah, it's problematic. And the the one person is right. It doesn't give it a sense of legitimacy. Right. I have cancer. What should I do? Take vitamin C. (laughs) It won't hurt. It's not going to (laughs) help. All right. Next thing on the list. A congressman is going to be trying to block uh, Washington, D.C.'s recent bill, Death with Dignity bill. We just talked about this last time, I believe, which is why it got on the list. But a bill was sent to Congress last week for a 30-day review. Hey, guess who? Chaffetz. Oh, Utah Republican plans on doing everything he can to overturn it. Why? Um, hey, that's a good question. I just assume because he's an asshole, but because they can't help (laughs) fucking with other people's business. Yeah. Why does the 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 party of of small government insist on intruding into people's private lives? Because that small government line's bullshit. (laughs) That's really all I got on this one. (laughs) It's still sad. I don't know. I don't understand. Like I do understand. I understand that his his rules or his books say it's not okay. Therefore, it's not okay for anybody. Yeah, I think that's what it boils down to is a life is sacred. We have to keep everyone alive as long as possible, no matter how much pain they're in. Is there something in the Bible saying, like, you have to do this shit? Not that I recall. It doesn't say, like, hey, follow the rules and whoever doesn't, well, fuck them. Why do we care about those people? (laughs) Let me deal with them. (laughs) I doubt it. It does have a really informative section on how to keep and maintain your slaves, though. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but is that is any, true. Is there anything in there about it, you know, the insistence of, well, I guess there is. You must, everybody must follow the, the, our rules. Everybody must follow the rules of the book, regardless of what their belief is. Not really. I mean, it depends on your interpretation. But really what it says is anyone, if you don't follow these rules, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's that's really what... What the words are is so, but I, I don't, I don't believe I, that you know, Representative Chaffetz though is trying to save people's souls. No, I he's don't think not. that's what this is about. Yeah, what's his angle? Yeah, his angle is you've got a whole bunch of people who think life is sacred, and he wants them to vote for him again. And he wants them to keep giving him money, uh, so he's going to do everything he can in every measure to prove that he thinks life is sacred. We got a winner. I think that's what it is. That's what. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. That's true. That and he's an asshole. <laughs> well, he's Good a answer. total douchebag. Oh, yes, just his is. face. He's got such a punchable fucking face. <laughs> I hate him. Oh, just let people die with dignity, for Christ's sake. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> More than that, just leave people alone. <laughs> yeah. So, just in case you wanted to, uh, you know, hate another Republican. There's a Kentucky senator, this is a state senator, Robert Stivers. Uh, so for the first time in 95 years, Republicans have taken control, total control, of the Kentucky state government. And this guy wants to put a complete ban on abortion. 
And his, his quote is the only choice women have is to conceive or not to conceive. Uh, do, uh, do we at least get the option of birth control? No. <laughs> he doesn't address it here, although I'm sure he is also against covering birth control with his tax dollars. Sure. But oh, but oh, again, I'm making I'm making that up. I I shouldn't <laughs> that that is not something that I have read specifically about him. But uh, his he is completely against abortion and is going to try and make it completely illegal in the state of Kentucky. And it seems like he might be able to now. Sure. There's nobody to stop him. At so this if point. you're in Kentucky, good luck. <laughs> well, ACLU, the ACLU will fight him. And lose, and it will go through. <laughs> oh, but the ACL will fight him to the Supreme Court. I mean, hopefully we've still got, you know, a balance there, and, and uh, Kennedy will probably do the right thing, because he has been on Possibly. these issues. Now, yeah. the ACLU actually has already put out a uh, statement about the Kentucky uh, law saying that uh, we will be- we believe it ignores the woman's health needs. We believe that women deserve dignity and should have the right to make personal and private medical decisions without interference from politicians. So they are already there and, and active. Again, it, it's going to the, – the way this looks is it's going to be put into law. It's then going to be brought forth to a judge, and then, well, we'll see where the judge lies. So how are they going to go after the ACLU? Because they're going to. Yeah, I mean, it's you. When any dollar donations you give to the ACLU are not tax deductible um, already, so they can't go after that part of it. But um, they're going to go after them if, if they keep fighting, and it's going to be curious. I'm going to be curious to see how they do it. I don't know. I don't know how how it possibly could how the government could interfere in it. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're going to find the sneakiest way possible. (laughs) So that brings us actually, I skipped over it. I mean, we talked about a little bit, the defunding of Planned Parenthood, but this is something that Karen and I discussed. How, how can the government defund Planned Parenthood? Mm. Like they, they only, Planned Parenthood only gets money. My understanding was that they only got money from the government as reimbursements for Medicare and Medicaid. Um, Just Medicaid. Just Medicaid. Yep. They get so how can they Medicaid. defund Planned Parenthood? They can not reimburse for medical procedures done at a Planned Parenthood clinic. But that is then picking and choosing which clinics you're going to reimburse for a legitimate medical procedure. Already, Medicaid does not reimburse, or Title X is the other one. There's a you know, One is, I don't know exactly the differences, but they're both federally funded programs for the poor, basically. But yeah, there is no block chunk of money that is given to Planned Parenthood by the government. That That's... Just their way of, of talking about it. It is reimbursement for STD checks, for you know mammograms, for birth control, for all those things, and not abortions. That's already illegal. So how how are these people in government? How are these people like Paul Ryan? He seems smart. He's the Speaker of the House. He's got. How does he not understand where Planned Parenthood gets their money from? Well, it's. It's the same problem that we were talking about earlier. It, it doesn't matter. It's all about um, making your constituents bark louder, basically, and, give, and continue to vote for you. The reality of it doesn't make a difference. The, the, the populace has been riled up because Planned Parenthood, 3% of the procedures they do are abortions. So the populace is, or you know, the, the Christian right is all riled up about Planned Parenthood about that. So they're just attacking them to keep those the Christian right happy. The reality doesn't... Yeah, yeah into this. absolutely. Keeps I, you I, in think, power, I think, and, sure, and yeah. then you can do something shady, you know, for yourself or whoever. Right when you side. when you were explaining why why to us why Jared's Utah nemesis is the worst person on the planet, <laughs> I think that is 
you know, that was, you know, looking behind the curtain for every politician because Karen is correct. None of this is doesn't need to be true. The defunding Planned Parenthood and things like that, because then that's a huge kick right now. That's why we're so eager to get rid of Obamacare. You're telling me my money is going to go pay for some poor person's health care? No, 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 not my money. So uh, the same thing with Planned Parenthood. You mean my money is going to go pay for people to have all the abortions they want? Well, no, but sure, yes. That's what it is. Go get them. But that's what drives me crazy about the Affordable Care Act. It's not free fucking health care. <laughs> no, no, at all. So why do – like <laughs> – like there's this, the great story I heard this week about the guy who was ranting and raving on Facebook about how much he he's so happy that the that they just voted to the first steps to getting rid of Obamacare and it's destroyed everything. He goes and I'm so happy that I get to stay and use my Affordable Care Act. <laughs> and everybody was like, "Dipshit, uh, you realize what you just said." And he was like, and I'm going to use Ray's favorite term. He doubles down on this and he goes. <laughs> He goes, no, assholes. I'm talking about Obamacare, you know, the thing they're getting rid of. Because he goes, I get my insurance through the Affordable Care Act, and it's great, and I do it the <laughs> right way. And, like, and I've used this argument against other people before, and that when they're like, Obamacare is the worst thing ever, it's destroying the nation. I'm like, how is it destroying the nation? Explain this to me. And they're like, well, you know, free health care. I'm like, it's not fucking free health care. Yeah, no one is receiving free health care. Only the, the only the destitute poor are receiving free health care. Yeah, but not and through the Affordable Care Act. They're getting it through state Medicaid. Yeah, yeah. stuff right. Yeah. Medicare. Right, <laughs> and there are so many components to the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act that people are unaware of. Mm-hmm. That they're just you know they, again they're so riled up they don't realize what they're giving up. There's so many people who are going to find out that their 23 year old college student is no longer on their available on their health care because it ran out when he was 19 now that we've repaired we've repealed the affordable care act that are just going to be so sad and, and that and that's actually one thing that um trump is politically savvy enough to not let happen quickly i think <laughs> maybe well <laughs> who, who can tell said. what he's thinking because when he remember when he first got elected he was like i'm gonna keep these things these are good things the Staying on your insurance, the pre-existing conditions, and I was like, okay, fine, yeah. call Trump Care, but leave it exactly the same. I'm in, I'm fine <laughs> with that. And then he was like, a couple weeks ago, or just a week ago, I believe he was like, when they made that vote, he's like, we're gonna get rid of the unaffordable care act. It's gonna be gone. We're gonna decimate it. And then they're like, well, what are you gonna do? And this is what made the Republicans go crazy. He goes, oh, my plan is insurance for everybody <laughs> and low cost. And they're like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, I missed this. Oh, I'll have to. I'll find it for you when we're done. Wow. <laughs> Ultimately, he is going to go to go. He's going to go to war with the Republicans too, because they don't see eye to eye. Well, Trump is so freaking random. The Republican Congress has a, a has a definite idea of the direction they want to go in, and I don't think he's going to go along with it. Well, I, the, the most disturbing thing I heard about Trump, and again, I don't know how true this is, is that he always goes with whoever talked to him last. Right. <laughs> so. Well, Steve Bannon's going to be at his side the whole time. But again, I don't see like why they want to get rid of Obamacare. It makes oh, that's no, I know because there was a tax applied to the, to the very very rich that helped pay for it, and that's the first thing to go. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Well, I I think he's this uh, repealing this is going to be very tough for them. One, I heard it's not going to be easy just logistics wise of getting rid of it, no. but. The amount of people that are forced that are forcing back on it now, 
Like even people who voted for Trump, again, he kept saying it over and over again. I don't know why you would vote for him and now fight him on it now. But um, and on top of that, the insurance companies, why would they want this to go away? They're going to lose 30, uh-huh. 30 million fucking customers. Yeah, it, it was a, a, a capital gains tax and a uh, inheritance tax paid for it partially. Oh, so that's well, why good, it's getting. But, but so as that, far as the insurance companies, the Affordable Care Act also yeah. made it so that the insurance companies could only make certain amount of money. They it limited their profit centers. Well, they couldn't be. Yeah, they couldn't show profits over a certain percentage for X number. You know, for for years. Right. Oh, so the poor insurance it, it, companies. Well, right, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> they couldn't make money off of sick people. Damn. Yeah. So, so are they making more or less money? I guess they're making less now since they, even though they're getting this big influx of how many more? What is it? Eight million more insured people. Well, they're making less at the moment because they had this huge influx of twenty million people that a lot of them who a lot of whom were sick and there were more than anticipated. Now, once they get them healthy, they'll be it'll be better. But so I well I'd have to see the numbers. I just I'm just curious if they are making more money now or making less money now. I don't know. I think this coming year they're going to be making more money because I it, like you said, I think I think the way that it's worded is they can only make a certain percentage of money for so many years. Mm. So I think they're going to just douse themselves in money <laughs> while they think they can. If if it stays in place, then they'll have to pull that back. You know, in a year or so. Right. But then if it gets repealed, then they just made this extra money <laughs> and they're good. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the details of how the, the restrictions on the insurance company really interact. You guys, you, you two get your insurance through the university? Yeah. Yeah. Ian, are you on Obamacare? I was until recently. Uh, I'm now I'm on. Kelly got some insurance through work. Oh, okay. Woot. Out of curiosity, do you mind telling me how much you paid? For the when you were when you were on it, uh, it was something reasonable, but it was terrible coverage. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, you got like a bronze if package. Had, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it was something. It was something like it was. I wanted to say it was like eighty dollars a month, but oh, the deductible wow. was was well, I, unusable. It was like a five thousand dollar deductible. So it was car accident insurance. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, it's a, it's good to have. That's interesting yeah. because I thought like maybe because of where I live, I don't know. Mine was I just re-signed up for it, and uh, mine came out to four fifty a month. Well, you <laughs> you make more, right? It's, it's no, I understand based on that. scale. Yeah. And uh, and then I got a tax credit off of it, so it came out to three hundred a month with the tax credit. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Uh, well, to me, I'm like, well, I got, I also got a better plan. I got like a crazy, okay. wacky plan with all kinds of cool shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just curious how other states, because I hear that states where like the governors like work with it, like it's really, really good. Like, and I know that we had a Republican governor, so ours might not be set straight right now. Yeah, but I thought that uh, I thought that our governor, even though he was was Republican, did sign up for the I don't know whatever it was the extended Medicare whatever. Oh, he did. Feature. I thought he did. I don't. I don't. I don't know that for sure, though. Uh, He lost my vote when he upped the tax on cigarettes. So it doesn't matter what he does. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. But uh, all right. Last couple of things. I wanted to mention this guy, Indiana lawmaker, Senator Travis Holdman. He's proposed Senate Bill 16 in Indiana, which will prohibit judges from using quote foreign law. To impose a restriction that would violate a person's constitutional rights. This is his effort to prevent Sharia law from taking effect in Indiana. 
What? He's a judge? What? This guy is a senator, state He's a senator. senator? Yeah. How could you Who's be that pro- fucking stupid and get <laughs> and work in the government? Oh no, it's the it's the same argument again. It's you know, Oh you're right. You're right, you're right. I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> He's pandering. Ugh. Uh, he actually, he nearly confirms this. He says, as constituents have raised concerns with me, they are concerned about such things as Sharia law being used as a legal standard in our courts. So he's just pandering. I mean, that is, that is exactly what he's doing. And his, uh, his, some of the Democrats in the state are like, you know, this doesn't change anything, right? <laughs> it just makes it so that you're qualifying foreign law and it, 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 it doesn't, uh, change it doesn't it doesn't do anything positive it only does things that are negative it doesn't do what you want it to do so it, uh, it only creates a new problem i just had a great idea Uh oh if we want to get things done now can we just call our senators and congressmen say we're republican say we're religious people and whatever stupid ass fucking thing we got to get rid of we kind of twist it up in religion and be like this kind of goes against my congregation's thoughts and beliefs and you know i just want to let you know you know so present it in that style instead of just saying i'm absolutely opposed to this you're you're horrible fucking people but now we can couch it in this is against my fake i'm using air quotes <laughs> religious <laughs> beliefs and uh well, we you- might be able to get some stuff done now i think i'm going to do that well, the problem is, is that they actually they know who you are. Do they know my religious? They don't know my religious beliefs, though, do they? Then, I mean, listen, listen to this podcast, but <laughs> it's very possible they do. They know how you vote, or at least how you're. They know how you're registered. Oh shit! I'm registered Democrat now. Yeah. So they're I'm, religious Democrats. Come on. Yeah, yeah I guess <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I don't know. Use the uh, religious freedom against them, maybe. But you have to have some volume to it, though. You can't just do it solo. Well, I'm putting it out now. We're going to be covert agents for the Reason Party. <laughs> I'm on board. I'll make phone calls. Use a nice southern accent too, Karen. Be like, I'm a good Christian. <laughs> I'm a good Christian. Okay. Yeah. Put on your pencil tucky accent. <laughs> oh, y'all. <laughs> uh, one last thing that I thought was in- – well, there uh, okay, two last things. I'm striking one of them because it's just way too negative and we're too late in the podcast. I don't want to do it. <laughs> But the one thing from Tennessee, there is a bill in Tennessee to add a statement to the license plates. Can you guess what the statement is? Wow, oh, at- my goodness. Uh, Have you read Tennessee, this story? Tennessee. Um, oh, my. I don't. Wait, what do their license plates say now? And it, will it just supplement it? Or is it going to be like an in God we trust kind of thing? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Nice. <laughs> they want to put in God we trust on any license plates. But mm. it's. It's not not money. every license plate. If you get a specialty plate, it won't be on there. Oh, but that costs extra. That does cost extra. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're rich, <laughs> if you want your specialty license plates, you don't have to have In God We Trust put on there. I don't know if this is going or not. Uh, I have no idea what the uh, likelihood of it being passed, but I just find it amazing. They well, just keep moving it. Bill Sanderson in Kenton, Tennessee. Well, that's – but the slippery slope, though, is it's on all the money. Why can't it be on all the cars? <laughs> it shouldn't be on the fucking money either. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. But it's on all the money, so why can't it be on the cars? Mm. And I don't even know what I would do if I lived in Tennessee. Like, I don't want to drive a car around that has that on there. You buy the vanity plate. Yeah. See, like, if the- I just have this feeling that the people in Tennessee are just not going to care because they're like, yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually you can get um, plates from uh, colleges. And you can get them from a lot of colleges. So you get one like from Alabama with a big red A on it. Just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and finally, the last thing that I have, this is interesting. I don't know, uh, but uh, district judge in Illinois said, well, he ruled that secular celebrants can solemnize marriages. So what this means is a secular person can go out, get licensed as a celebrant, and they can preside over weddings legally in Illinois. This was a weird thing that I, I ran into when, you know, when we got married, was trying to find somebody non-religious other than just going to a judge, which was a little too, I don't know, cold. Belittling? <laughs> yeah. It, it, I just didn't want to do that. It, it was strangely difficult to find somebody that would act, could marry you. And in Pennsylvania, they get around it by they have um, humanist, quote, churches i'm doing air quotes but i so it's it, i think it's interesting that illinois has come up with this secular celebrant that's a, a step forward good for them yeah so this was for uh, from the center for inquiry that uh was leading this movement and i don't know i don't know what the christian right is going to uh have to say about it what they how they're going to try and strike it down <laughs> i'm sure they are and i don't understand why I guess okay. because a celebrant could marry gay people, but then you're not forcing a priest to do it. So, again, I don't see how that's a negative, but I'm sure there is there somewhere. But marriage is a holy sacrament. You can't just do it without God. That's that's an easy answer. Yeah, Sorry. you need to stop doing that. That's Sorry. <laughs> it's turning me on, Karen. I'm just saying. It's crazy because it is having the 100% opposite effect on me. I like you less and less every time you do it. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to stop. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Things are getting out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I found that interesting. Good job, Illinois. Yeah. All right. Does anybody have anything else? Nope. Are we plenty long enough? I'm super satisfied. Okay. So this means, though, that the next time we meet for a podcast, uh, Trump will be our president. Wow. Boo. That's boo. true. Yeah. I was saying boo Ernst. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Buzz Killington. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. If yeah. only you could have said that with a southern accent. Um, <laughs> nope, I'm done. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we have for this week. If any, if anybody has any comments, questions, or would like to ask us anything, you can go to profaneargument.com and leave us a message there. And I would also like to encourage you to check out other shows on the soon-to-be-named network, which we are a part of. Uh, you can find them at soon-to-be-named-network.com or on our webpage, profaneargument.com. Uh, on the lower right-hand side of the page, we have a list of shows. They, a, a lot of them are, lot, uh, you know, lighter than this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can check them out. Uh, Jared, myself, Ian, all participate in some of the other shows. If you would like to uh, support this podcast, you can give it a review on iTunes or subscribe to YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, I am Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Whoa. Shoot. Whoa. <laughs> never happened before. Why? 36 episodes and he jumps the gun. I know. <laughs> hey, I'll go last too and be the one who's a little bit different if you want. You want to switch it up? No. It's, it's too late. All I right. can't recover from this shame. Here we go. I'm Jared. This is Ian. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. And may your God go with you.